Hey guys, welcome to safesiteapp.com. This is Dale Wilson and today we're talking with one of our global safety leaders in Larry Butler. Larry was ex-president of Kitchell Homes and has 40 years of experience in the construction industry. Larry, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And Larry, you're, be- you're based in um, Phoenix. How are, you, how are you finding things over there? Well, I've, I've been in Phoenix for a long time. I've lived in a lot of different places, but the, the Phoenix uh, construction environment is beginning to pick up, but it's still a challenging marketplace. I know we talked about your, your previous love for Mexico. Tell us a bit about uh, your journey in your early years and how you kind of found your way into the industry. Well, I, I, I found my way into the industry totally by accident. I actually, I was spent my teenage summers working in uh, Latin America. Nicaragua, Guatemala, Colombia, and uh, I came back from uh, from Guatemala, and uh, I'd been studying at ASU in kind of a pre-med area, and I quit school and moved to Jackson Hole, Wyoming to ski, and that's where I got my first construction job as a construction laborer. Really? On the on the ski fields? Well, in in the ski town of Jackson Hole. Yeah. Fantastic. So, if I said I'm a snowboarder, would you be angry with me, Larry? Or no, I <laughs> I respect snowboarders. Okay. They maybe don't like them, but I respect them. Well, I was, I was just throwing you um, off there because to all the viewers as well, I'm a, I'm an avid skier. I can snowboard, but I'm a bit more of a ski skier. So we'll have to hit the slopes one time. <laughs> so, to, so you found your way into that role, um, and then obviously you progressed and. Uh, really succeeded in the field. Uh, Tell us about some of those early years and and what you learned. Well, when I started in 1975, I was just out of labor and I I discovered that I actually had some talent for construction in the carpentry trades and made a decision to uh, not continue my studies in medical technology and and, uh, move to New York State to go to trade school. Fantastic. that was where I got my <clears throat> first job as a pipeline laborer. Wow! And we literally we had we worked without our PPE was our gloves and uh, ended up in the emergency room a couple times on that job and uh, we used to have near misses uh, about once a week. Uh, wow. Nobody got seriously hurt, but it was a, uh, a pretty crazy time. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, it was we were working in very unsafe and even deadly. Uh, safety measures. So, so it would. I mean, I'll tell you a quick. Story. Yeah, yeah. The quick story is one of the <clears throat> jobs we had was to uh, clean out. That we worked in the some of the original oil fields in the United States. These were uh, over a hundred years old, uh, and uh, in Bradford, Pennsylvania. And one of the jobs, and I didn't have to do this because I was too big. But my friend Mike, who was a small guy, <clears throat> we used to clean out these old wooden tanks. Uh, that were that held crude oil, and the bottom of the tank would fill up with paraffin. So they'd send Mike down. They'd tie a rope around his waist. They'd give him a, a bucket and an aluminum shovel, and he'd shovel out up the, uh, the paraffin in the bottom, and they'd haul it out. But uh, the person on top, their job was to keep talking to Mike, because if he passed out from all of the the gases, because he had no no PPE other than gloves, uh, they'd haul him out. And revive them, and then he'd send them back in again. That's a true story. Oh man! 
I can't believe that. Even um, even in Australia, where I'm from, Larry, we're not that crazy. I think. Um, I well, this was this was uh, almost forty years ago. So wow. Uh, so do, so it doesn't still happen. You don't think? We'd hope it doesn't. It, it, I'm sure it's not happening anymore. Yeah. But, uh, and, and so that was my first uh, real, I mean, big construction experience. Uh, where we installed pipelines and removed old pipelines. And like I said, I ended up in the emergency room uh, a couple times working on that job. Then I went on to trade school and had the opportunity to uh, learn the trades and also work with uh, uh, my masonry teacher. And we used to build crazy uh, <clears throat> scaffolding up the side of a building to build like 35-foot chimneys. And I would uh, hot all the material up and down uh, never wore a hard hat because if he dropped a block on my head from 30 feet, it wouldn't have made any difference. So, I can't so believe it. yeah. So I I just I made a decision during the years I was going to trade school. Uh, <clears throat> I was up on a barn roof, re-roofing it in November with frost on it, and uh, realized that it was the time I made a decision that I didn't want to be uh, a roofer when I was 40 years old. So I went on to engineering school and graduated with a construction management degree. And then I moved back to Arizona. My first job in Arizona was with Kitchell Contractors. I started as a uh, uh, estimator, uh, but after a year they kicked me out of the estimating department and sent me on out to the field uh, where I worked on my first project. And uh, that's where, uh, you know, at the time technology was, you know, for a construction moder- a modern construction trailer, was a two-line telephone, pencil sharpener, calculator, and a clipboard. Clipboard was the technology of the time. Uh, progressed from there to some major projects, and I look back at it today from some some of the photographs and realize that you know, uh, iron workers walked <laughs> walked the steel. Uh, again, we wore hard hats, but uh, it was, we were just beginning to start using rebar caps and actually having safety meetings and starting to focus on it. So um, I think um, I wanted to touch on uh, two points so far. I think the first point is anyone who's uh, watching out there and still sends people out to clean out um, anything <laughs> to do with paraffin in it. Secondly, anyone who's not wearing hard hats. Guys, if you're watching this, you know, well, um, make sure that you improve those practices because we've just heard how dangerous it, it can be and, and you all probably recognize that as well. I think the second thing is uh, Larry just mentioned clipboards and I think a lot of you out there are probably still using that kind of method. So with that in mind, Larry, um, what have you seen lately that kind of has taken the old paper approach and, and brought it into the 21st century with technology? Well, first of all, many of the contractors that I'm working with are still using the paper technology. Uh, some of them have advanced to the stage where they actually will take and collect that data that's on the paper <clears throat> and put it into an Excel spreadsheet, which is certainly an improvement. But uh, I mean, the, the real improvement and the reason why I'm here today is because I was introduced to SafeSite and that eliminates the old clipboard technology and you know allows contractors to really communicate <laughs> the safety issues in real time. What I've witnessed uh, with the contractors that are using it, they're now able to really use the data that's been collected. They use it right away and they can begin to uh, improve their safety and not just 
uh, and, and really by measuring the, the leading indicators, and that's how many hazards are raised and, and ob positive observations are made, instead of the lagging indicators, which are you know, accidents near rests or things like that. Yeah, and, and I think let's go back to um, Kitchell um, because I think at Kitchell, you, you've obviously started from the ground up. So when, when, you, when you became president or when you got into more senior roles, how did you feel uh, about um, coming from kind of a, a more uh, junior to mid-level and then being there? Did it, it give you the experience to feel what the workers feel and feel what you know, safety managers would feel uh, every day? Well, I think you know, my experience of, of growing up in the field uh, certainly led me to a different perspective uh, because I understood what the workers were going through. Uh, but when I became, uh, I was first made vice president of Kitchell Contractors and, uh, and then later became president of Kitchell Custom Homes. And one is my responsibilities were increased and both my, and my personal accountability was increased because I, I was responsible for all of those employees that worked for me. But I, it, I have to go back in my career a little bit to describe a couple of experiences that really shaped uh, my understanding and, and my uh, thoughts about safety. And and two times during my career, I had fatalities on my job sites. And the, these were job sites I was accountable for. And uh, some of the worst times of my life. And what I committed to is that I would work very hard to promote safety on every project that I was accountable for, whether, you know, as a president, every every project that uh, was under my responsibility. Um, and what I realized is I can never pay back uh, those debts to the families because, you know, their, their loved ones didn't come home that night. Uh, but I can pay it forward. And that's, uh, that's what I'm doing with SafeSite uh, because I believe that almost all accidents are preventable and it's the responsibility of the companies and the supervisors to ensure that everybody goes home every night yeah that's a that's a beautiful sentiment and um you know i apologize for for those losses and and i think um you're doing a wonderful job and and doing everyone proud with not only this action and and helping us spread the message about safety but also just in your general demeanor you're a lovely man um and i think i too share so my grandfather passed away from falling from a ladder as well um so i have a, a personal kind of mission to to spread safety um i i guess in terms of um in terms of technology and um, process development do you think over the last 40 years, were there, were there any significant leaps in this kind of field, do you think, or do you think it's still been lagging behind for all this time? Well, the, the technology in the construction world is advanced incredibly. I mean, today, you, can, you look at uh, construction software and you look at the BIM technology, and today somebody can carry all the plans in an iPad for a, a $80 million hospital in their hands. But what is surprising to me and, and, and shocking at times is that the, the construction safety processes 
continue to be significantly done on paper. Um, and I think that's where, you know, SafeSight certainly comes in and it gives me a, a great uh, opportunity to share the, the advantages of the, the construction safety technology that's available to, to them today in the cloud. Yeah, that's um, that's true, and and I think um, we talked about the the American um, uh, organizations involved in promoting safety and how active or inactive they are. Do you want to touch on um, on any of your thoughts on on the regulators and what's what's the best thing to do to to meet their expectations every day if if you are in a position. Well, well, one of, I mean, obviously, in the United States, it's OSHA, and in, in Arizona, it's ADOSH. Uh, and that organization, you know, they, they're they responsible for uh, ensuring uh, safe workplaces uh, in construction and industry and in, in throughout Arizona. But one of the, the things that ADOSH does, they have both a compliance division, and that's, you know, if, if you have an issue, they're going to come out and inspect you and, and you can, if you're inspected uh, for a complaint, you can, ex you, very likely you're going to get a, uh, a citation. But they also have a <clears throat> consultation division, which is, I think is a wonderful thing because they come out and they work with you as a contractor to improve your safety. Uh, we we have, in the last year, built a, a great relationship with ADOSH. Uh, and they are very, very supportive of SafeSite. In fact, we'll be uh, presenting at the ADOS Safety Summit uh, next week in uh, the, a uh, SafeSite uh, demonstration because they believe that that is the type of system that moving into the, the next generation of, of uh, uh, you know, cloud-based uh, safety inspection processes that they believe that that will also help them in their role of maintaining safe sites. I look forward to hearing the feedback from, from your address, but I hear that um, everyone loves when you get up to speak and I'm sure everyone's enjoying it now too, so I'm looking forward to that. In terms of uh, the, these organizations, do you think that um, the, the US government itself uh, allows them to adopt technologies like this or do you think that there's um, a few check and balances in place that kind of uh, make them less adaptive to change. Well, I think in the, in, when it comes to OSHA, one is they <clears throat> they're a regulatory body and and they come in with uh, expectations of how things will be done. Uh, there are they give you the ability to maintain your site with very various different means so but they do mandate the safety requirements that must be met and in some cases uh if that wasn't in place the industry would not necessarily voluntarily adopt them uh, our construction industry has been a, a uh, actually a very slow industry to adopt focuses on safety but i think that the that has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. Yep. And I think uh, construction companies folk, it, it are re recognizing it's, a, it's an important issue all across the board. It's, uh, for safety is an issue associated with profitability, with, with productivity, customer satisfaction. And I think most more and more companies recognize the fact is these employees are, are 
part of their company family and they want them to go and save. If we take a more micro approach, if you were in the field and you had to give, say, someone one tip or two tips about um, safety that you think are just must-dos, do you have any um, you know, essential bits of information you think people must do every day in the field? My advice would be is every time you walk out in the field, try not to take on the approach of, you know, you've got a problem to solve out there and you're going to have uh, kind of a extreme focus on that issue, but take the time as you're walking through the job site to look at things and look at things uh, critically and you will see safety issues, both positive and negative. If you see a, a positive safety situation where everybody's wearing their PPE, stop and say, hey, great job, thank you for doing this. If you see something that is a hazard, take the time to uh, alert people to it uh, and maybe do a you know, quick moment of, <laughs> of education and sharing that says, hey, here's how you need to tie that ladder off. Here's why it's important that you're uh, wearing your fall protection here. Um, because it, if you walk by one of those situations, uh, you're saying it's okay to not be safe. And I think any construction professional, whether you're a safety professional or you're a supervisor, uh, that needs to be a, a part of your daily routine. And you're, every time you go out in the field, you have some uh, talking points and, and your eyes are tuned in to the safety issues. Yeah, that's those are all fantastic points. And I think, yeah, it's never not okay to be safe. And I think that's a line that we should kind of say to ourselves every every day um, before we, we go into work so that we're in the right frame of mind. In, in terms of um, the, the best kind of safety environment uh, you yourself ever created or you saw, was there an outstanding example of a time where you were on a job or you oversaw a project and you felt like you guys really hit the nail on the head in terms of safety? Yeah, I, I can go back and look at some sometimes and I think the, the most important thing is when you and your team recognize that the people working out in the field uh, who are you know in sometimes in potentially in harm's way are really your brothers and sisters and and you have to take personal responsibility to protect them both through your procedures and processes but also by you know the coaching and encouragement that hey you know what you got a family to go go home to this is one of the main reasons you need to be safe yeah that's very true and do you think do you think that sometimes as well that fear can affect productivity when say for instance if I was in the position that you were you know back 30 years ago or 35 years ago with that that propane example you gave um, do you think that some worker productivity is impacted by fear and that some workers move on from positions and there's a bit of volatility there because they're they're afraid of unsafe working conditions but don't want to express it but I think that's true but it, um... I think on the other side of it is, uh, you know, the construction industry has always had this macho approach that, you know, there's no fear, uh, especially with iron workers and people, you know, that were working at heights that it was a badge of courage for them to, you know, walk a beam uh, with a hundred foot fall and, and be proud of it. Well, today that's not, it's not acceptable and there's, but there's still many that feel that, you know, uh, following some of the safety 
regulations is, you know, they just don't need to do it. Uh, but that that mindset is is changing. It's been forced to, to change uh, companies, but there are still companies out there that, that uh, allow that to happen. Mm. So I think it's a combination of one is the the workers, I think are are expecting to be able to work in a safe environment, but they sometimes aren't haven't been given the training and and the tools to be able to do so. Fantastic and. As as president of Kitchell, um, what what is one lesson you could give to other people in that same senior position that are watching now in terms of um, leadership or creating a safety culture? Well, as when I was uh, president of Kitchell Custom Home, you know we and we built homes from a million up to thirty million dollars, and they were major, they were larger than some commercial projects. It, my message always was is that. I have a personal investment in my employees. I have a personal investment in the subcontractors and workers out there, both because I care that they go home safely, but also I have a legal obligation. <clears throat> and at least in the state of Arizona, if you ignore that legal ob obligation, you could be held personally liable from even a criminal standpoint. Um, and OSHA and, and the Attorney General has actually gone after presidents of companies who ignore that. So. That's, that's not a good reason to work safely. It's <laughs> the best reason is that you care about your employees and you make sure that uh, they can go home every night safely. But the reality is if people are working safely, uh, they're actually more product they, they're actually more productive. Uh, they feel good about their work and they're not worried about the situations about them. They're aware, but they realize they're working in a safe environment. And I think that leads to uh, improved productivity and improved employee satisfaction with their job. So Larry, I, I'm so appreciative you made the time. I'm also so appreciative of what you do for SafeSite and, and spreading our message. And um, for those of you who wanna get in touch with Larry, if you're based in Arizona as well, um, or anywhere in that area of the US, uh, you can reach Larry on the email I'll show on screen. So Larry at safesiteapp.com. Uh, but Larry, tell us, um, before we wrap up, I'd love to ask you a few questions about you. So tell, tell us about those masks in the background because I know I've been um, looking at them through this interview. <laughs> How'd you come across those and what do they mean to you? Well, actually, the, the first mask that's on the other side of the room came from Guatemala and, and I spent... Uh, uh, a summer in Guatemala working with a health organization as a youth. But I continued in the last 22 years, I've been going to Mexico to a small village called Tochimizoco, and it's at the base of an active volcano. And we uh, go each year with a medical team, and uh, I lead the team now, and we go to uh, provide medical services and dental services, and plus we support uh, the clinic year-round with a part-time doctor and a, a volunteer dentist. So I've spent many years, uh, many months and the equivalent of several years in Mexico and Latin America uh, doing work. Wonderful. Do you have a message in Spanish for, uh, for any of the viewers? <laughs> what, about safety? Oh, just a general message. <laughs> no, uh, but, okay, I'll think about it. As well, I, w I want to talk about... Um, you, you the man as well. So, do you have a, a favorite sports team or so, someone you follow? No, no, not, not too much of a sports person. 
<laughs> no, I'm going to ASU. I would say ASU would certainly be Arizona State University, yeah. but uh, that's because my wife and my son agreed. Oh, so, fantastic! And sports not my my where I place my energy. <laughs> and um, in terms of, I always ask this question, but are, are you a Coke or Pepsi man? Which one? I neither. I'm a homebrew guy. Homebrew. So, okay, fantastic. I make my own. I make my own beers. So. Oh, great! And and is there Dr Pepper not in that equation? Because we don't have that much back home where I'm from in Australia. I used to be. Uh, uh, Dr Pepper was my primary soft drink, but I gave that up for beer. Yeah, that's a good um, swap. I think more beer, more beer is always a good thing. You can ask Homer Simpson about that. In in terms of um, your final message, did you have something in Spanish you wanted to say? Gracias para su atención y esperando que pueda comunicar en el futuro. Uh, gracias. Bien viaje. Yeah, buen viaje. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and any other final parting comments um, for the viewers? Well, I, my parting comment is that you, as a, a, whether you're a safety professional or a construction professional, or a, a craftsman in the field, you have the ability to make a difference in the safety of your job sites and the safety of your brothers and sisters that you're working with. And you have personal accountability to make sure everybody that you work with goes home every night safely.